Hey everyone, it's Monday, so we've got another episode of the Road to Revenue series. We took over the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club on Clubhouse for an hour-long BYOQ. You bring the questions, I'll bring the answers, and we talked about the five daily practices and how it can change your life. Tweet me at David Meltzer, your favorite takeaway from today's episode, and check the show notes to see how you can text me or email me at any time. This is Entrepreneurs, the Playbook. Dave, we'll start with the first question on uh, the training. The first question is, when cold calling, what is the most statistically successful way to stimulate interest? Well, first of all, when cold calling, I want everyone to spend the majority of their time practicing getting people to call you back. So 80% of the opportunities are lost because people don't practice the most important part of cold calling, which is to get people to call you back. Uh, when you are cold calling, only two things can happen. The person can answer and the person doesn't answer. Uh, and so you have to be prepared because the majority of the time, overwhelmingly, is when people don't answer. And the only goal you should have when someone doesn't answer in person, on the phone, via email or media, traditional or social media, is to be an expert at getting people to call you back. If you remain the exact same in transitioning interest or sharing a vision, if you remain the same in managing and developing that vision statistically, you can increase double, triple, quadruple your productivity, your success by simply getting more at bats, by getting more people to call you back. And I know the next follow-up question to that is, how do you get people to call you back? Well, one, you need to practice. You need to have credibility and emotional attachment in a very short amount of time to stimulate or compel somebody to get back to you. And the way that I try to increase my statistical success is to get people to be back to see what I can do for them. So a lot of times I take the approach of a customer and when I leave a message saying, hey, you know, I want to, or I am interested in you and what you do and what you sell, because I am. I'll buy anything. I, I'll leave a message with someone just saying, hey, Amelia, this is Dave. I want to buy your stuff. She'll call me right back. And she'll call you right back. And guess what? I will. I'll buy anything at the right price. But it allows me to go ahead and ask those crucial questions about what they're doing today, what they like about it, what they don't like about it. And I can in here and align what I'm doing with what they're doing by seeing how I can be of service or value to what they're doing and ask them, oh, would it help you if I did this for you? Would it help you if I did this for you? Or I may actually be interested in being a customer, client, a channel partner of theirs. And then that's the perfect tee up for me to hit it out of the park and say, hey, in person, on the phone, via email or social media, do you know anyone that can help me? but you got to practice getting people to call you back. That's the secret of cold calling, that preparation and practice. The more calls that you make, I had a real estate kid bankrupt come to me and wanted some coaching and advice. And I told him, hey, let's reverse engineer what it takes to be a millionaire. How many houses do you have to list to be a millionaire? It was three a month. I said, okay, we need three listings. How many, how many houses do we have to knock on doors to find pocket listings, new listings, and familial relationship and friend listings. How many is it? And we came up with 50 today to start. And to this day now, four and a half years later, he's making $3 million a year, and he's still seven days a week 
knocking on a minimum of 50 doors a day, seven days a week. Uh, great question. If anyone wants uh, my guide on getting people to call you back, just email me. I'll be more than happy to send that to you. It's david at dmeltzer.com. It's in my bio on all these different platforms, but uh, it is the superpower of sales. Thank you, Dave. Uh, practice getting people to call you back. Such an important lesson. Okay, we've got a question here on Clubhouse from the one and only Craig Siegel, and then we'll be taking a question from your Instagram Live. So, Craig, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Fundy Bundy, unbelievable nickname, Dave. I love it. Almost as good as the articulate alligator. So good to be here with all of you today. Dave, I guess my question for you is in regards to gratitude. I know it's very trendy these days and it's very cliche. Everyone wants to talk about gratitude, but the way you describe it is really special. You say in regards to it being a superpower, it's not just that the glass is half full, it's overflowing. How deep do you have to get when you actually buy into changing your perspective on everything that happens? specifically adversity, as you like to say, it's propelling us somewhere else. All right, Craig Siegel, the Eagle. Uh, him and I have many of our rhyming names for each other uh, as we have uh, the spiritual starfish as well on board here. Uh, but here's the, here's the interesting thing about gratitude. You know, I study physics, quantum physics, and metaphysics. Uh, you know, I surround myself. I'm on the TLC, the Transformational Leadership Council, with Canfield, Asaroff, Deepak. I mean, the world thought leaders. And what's so interesting is sometimes I get deep into the depths talking about time, space, and gravity. And, you know, people are like, what the f is he talking about? Uh, but more than not, the number one thing that people will uh, thank me for is teaching them to say thank you. Uh, you know, at its core, uh, we need to program our conscious continuum. We need to program our conscious subconscious and our quantum being, our, our genetics and energetics, right? There's no accident that genetics falls within the context in the, the wording of energetics. Uh, but we need to program ourselves to find the light, the love, and the lessons. And if you can learn to love everything, now you don't have to learn to love everything. You don't have enough time to learn to love everything, but you should at least evaluate energy evaluation, evaluate those emotions, the energy in motion that you're going to take in order to effectuate learning to love something. And, you know, at its simple beginning is to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. But as you uh, you know, evolve in this conscious continuum of gratitude, you start changing your faith that everything is overflowing, that there's more than enough of everything for everyone, that you have faith that when pain, struggles, setbacks, failures come about, that it's going to propel you to a better place, a better situation. Gratitude is the secret sauce of life. If you have the power of meaning and finding the meaning in what you see, and you can determine quickly whether you want to spend the time on something that you may not innately love, that you may not innately be able to find the light, the love, and the lessons in, then you can determine whether or not you're going to love it or not, or just let it fall away or fire it from your life. And so many people just ignore what takes about 0.1 seconds and is completely free. Simply saying thank you. Simply looking for the superpowers in other people, looking for the light in other people. Instead of looking for what other people want for you, instead of looking for what's missing in your life, what you don't want, start looking for the superpowers, the light. Look for the lessons in what you're doing. 
And that allows you to have peace and control and happiness in your life. It is the world of abundance. You are no longer a victim. Nothing happens to you. Nothing happens for you. So you don't live in a scarce world where you have to buy things to make people happy and buy things you don't need and impress people and impress people you don't like. But you yourself can find light in everything. Last thing real quick, Craig, because I use food as a great analogy to this. You know, I went to the, the Del Mar Fair. Uh, in San Diego. And as all fairs have, besides Ferris wheels and pigs and chickens and all of those things, they have unbelievable unhealthy food. Uh, although fairs are changing uh, because they do have some uh, now healthy food, believe it or not, at fairs. Uh, and there was actually a line uh, to, to get certain healthy foods, which I thought was super cool. Uh, but nonetheless, if you're walking with all your friends at the Del Mar Fair, it's amazing uh, that you know, you walk by and your friend will say, oh my gosh, that looks so good. A fried Snickers bar. Oh, oh, that looks so good. And the other guy right next to him says, oh, oh, that's disgusting. There's an example of how there is a certain frequency. There's innate uh, being in our, in our energetics and genetics that are attracted to or are obvious to finding light, love, and lessons. Now, the person who thinks it's disgusting, there's light, love, and lessons in the fried Snicker bar. And they have to make a choice. Do I want to spend my time figuring out how I can learn to love the fried Snickers bar? Or should I walk over you know, to the uh, Impossible Burger bar over there? And uh, because I innately am attracted to and a love and are already aligned with the light, the love, and the lessons. We can do that with everything. You just have to be aware of what your genetics and your energetics are attracted to or like love and have found already and make a quantitative time decision whether or not you're going to take the time to find it. And it's okay if you don't want to, then just let it fall away. Now, if the fried snicker bar bleeds you, then you can fire it from your life and you can say, oh, I tried it. I got sick. This is bleeding me. I'm never, ever going to have it again. I don't want to find the light, the love and the lessons in it. And I'm not going to continue to make myself sick until I can figure out how not to make myself sick from the fried snicker bar. And the way we do that is to start with the baby steps. Say thank you before you go to bed. Say thank you when you wake up for 30 straight days. I promise you your life will change. I, I promise you, email me if you can do it. Send me a thumbs up every day. I'll be your accountability partner because it changes life. Like I said, I have studied physics, quantum physics, and metaphysics. I have been around the world thought leaders. All of us agree that gratitude is the most powerful thing to change your life. Now, here's the sad thing, Craig. By tonight, with all the credibility that I have and the others have about gratitude, all the things you've heard and experienced about gratitude, the true potential of gratitude, by tonight, half of us won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, another half of us won't say thank you. And within three days, most of us won't have said thank you again. We get that far in our own way. This is the simplest, cheapest, fastest way to change your life. Say thank you before you go to bed. And when you wake up, find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. If it bleeds you, fire it. If it doesn't feed you, figure out how, in what direction and degree you're going to let it fall away. And if it feeds you like that fried Snicker bar bay or the vegan Impossible Burger, then go ahead and indulge and feed it. 
Thank you so much, Siegel the Eagle. You're on absolute fire. You can't be stopped. And, and just to piggyback on that, I've been really working on mindfulness and being present, and it's so true. When you change your perspective, literally the whole world changes, and we have the opportunity, each of us, to do that with gratitude. But just like anything else, it requires conditioning. I think we'll touch a little bit more upon this tomorrow morning on the Paradigm Shift. You're on fire. <laughs> All right. Thank you. It's Siegel the Eagle. Jakey, reset the room. It's bring your own questions here on Clubhouse. It is bring your own questions here on Clubhouse. Thank you, Dave. Uh, and as you said, you got to find the light, love, and lessons in everything that you do. So we are here at the Breakfast with Champions, the best place to be on Friday morning and just about every morning uh, at the 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern version of the BYOQ with David Meltzer. So we'll be taking questions here from uh, David's Friday training via Zoom, uh, Instagram Live, and then, of course, the most important here on Clubhouse. So if you'd like to come up to ask a question, we've got about 45 minutes left. Please feel free to back channel me, and we will be sure to bring you up. So, David, we've got uh, Kim from Instagram who asked, uh, what is your takeaway of the week? Uh, so, Dave, what is your takeaway of the week? My takeaway for the week is don't take for granted that which other people are uh, wishing for. I uh, was blessed to speak in Chicago last week uh, with Mike Tyson, Badu, a whole bunch of heavyweight champions. And uh, after I got off stage, as I walked, a, a woman collapsed uh, and she was breathing very heavily. And as I walked by to allow people to help her that knew what they were doing. Uh, we were blessed to have some people in the crowd uh, that had medical uh, education and experience. As I got to the back of the room, one of the ladies screamed, oh my gosh, she's not breathing. And the entire room went quiet. The entire energy shifted in the room. I turned towards the wall, started to pray, to try my best to heal or create any type of uh, healing to that interference. and. You know, in two and a half minutes, uh, they got her breathing again, performed CPR, and uh, paramedics came, rushed her to the hospital, and I'm glad to say that she's okay. But it was a reminder, a remembrance, and a recollection of the oneness of all that we cannot take for granted that which other people are wishing for. And as the pandemic has hit, breath itself is a gift, is a blessing. Life itself is a gift, is a blessing. And, you know, to be able to frame your life with that much gratitude of how blessed we are and to remind ourselves every day that we cannot take for granted that which other people are wishing for. And, you know, I do it every day, you do it every day. And the better we get at practicing appreciation and the respect of that perspective, the better off all of us would do. And so, uh, I am blessed to be breathing here, and I'm blessed to be part of the Breakfast of Champions, blessed to have the exact same voice of Glenn Lundy, so you really don't know if this is Glenn or David, but it is either one of us together. Thank you, Jakey Bakey. You're like my, you're like my alter ego. You're like, you're <laughs> like Batman. <laughs> I'm your stunt. I'm your stunt voice. So when Glenn's flying around the world partying, I'm on here all the time. This is Glenn Lindy. <laughs> That's awesome. We've got uh, Mike M, who's here on Clubhouse, to ask a question. Mike, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Mike Mamola, Dave, you and Glenn. Glenn, despite how well I know both of you do sound eerily familiar and similar. <laughs> it's it is scary. So. You know, Dave, working with you as long as we 
in this close comes back to me is your lesson about the leg the, the leg speed the lion right and we have to focus on that leg the first leg the strongest leg and then the others and the others but elaborate on that for the audience on what that means and the follow-up to that question which i don't think i've ever asked you about it is how do those legs change over time what is the strongest leg at one point in your life might then be and we you know as we begin to develop other relationships and businesses and things so i'd love for you to elaborate on that if you could absolutely and it relates back to what we were just talking about in the spectrum of feeding right we want to feed that which feeds us we want to let that which falls away that uh, doesn't feed us. And then if it bleeds us, we want to be very aware and disciplined of firing it from our lives. Uh, 80% of our time, Mike, is spent on things that bleed us. 80% of our time in business, whether you're a Fortune 500 or a startup, 80% of our time is spent on things that bleed us on our smallest clients that take the most maintenance. It's amazing in our personal lives. We give the most attention to the troubled child. We give most attention to the relationships that are not healed. And 80% of our time is almost wasted if we decide to fire it from our life or at least let it fall away and redirect that attention back into the legs. The legs feed the lion. We want to make sure that we're putting our attention and intention into those that feed us. And we do that too with careers and side hustles, et cetera. I tell people all the time, they'll say, I'm so unsatisfied at my job. I'm looking to do something else, but I can't afford to because I get, no, 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 no. Lean in, feed that which feeds you, the job that you can't find the thoughts about purpose in. Lean into it because if you lean into it, you'll get better at it. You'll find more joy, more purpose in it. You will have more time and opportunity that eventually may shift and transition into your new legs. And this has happened to me so many different times. I'm so blessed. I had no idea that my career would lead me to, you know, TV shows and movies and podcasts and, you know, speaking. And it was just a hobby. And the more I leaned into sports marketing and sports agentry, the more I leaned in. And I'll tell you, when I was running Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, it was a very difficult position because everybody dreamed about having my job. And it was hard. It wasn't fun. It was so many aspects of it were not aligned with my purpose or where I had grown. I'd outgrown that job. And, you know, the, the glare and the glare, glare and the glitz and partying and all, I passed over that. But what I decided to do was I was going to lean into it. So I had more time and more opportunities and more options to develop new legs. And now I lean into the other side and the sports marketing and agentry is a hobby. And I've created and been able to scale all of those different things as well and remove myself from that in which used to feed me. Now I have these whole new legs. So if anyone feels stuck right now, I always tell them, look, get stuck getting stuck. Let the legs feed the lion. Lean into what you do. Find the light, the love, and the lessons. Take the time to learn what you do. Get better at it. Get faster at it. Time is your friend. Ego is not your amigo, but time is your friend. And the faster that you can be and do efficiently, effectively with statistical success, what's paying you, that's just going to give you more time, more opportunities, and more options. And you can use that and the pay in order to effectuate new legs. What a great question, Mr. Mamola. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I don't get to talk about 
that side of it. And if anyone wants to know where that comes from, it's my favorite uh, sports movie, Miracle on Ice. Uh, Herb Brooks, uh, an incredible uh, psychiatrist and psychologist of knowing human nature. Study history, watch movies like that, learn human nature, it never changes. Thanks, Mikey. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thanks, Dave. Get stuck, feeling stuck, and then let the legs feed the lion. Those are both incredible quotes. Thank you, Dave. Okay, Dave, we've got a great question here on the Zoom training. And then after Zoom training, we're going to come back here to Clubhouse and have uh, Coco Lewis ask her question. So on Zoom, the question is, how to make – it's from Don Marty. He says, how to make decisions when both decisions seem like the best choice. I love that. <laughs> if both decisions uh, are the best choice, then go ahead and take inventory one more time of your what – and then take inventory of who you can help with both decisions and who can help you. And then on the how side, do an analysis of productivity of both decisions, of how productive you can be and will be. Check and see the accessibility of each decision, how accessible it renders you to others and how are you accessing what you want, which you took inventory of. And finally, utilizing the great chain of feeding and the power of gratitude use that lens as well to find the light the love and the lessons to see which one's going to allow you to expand and grow and you will be able to decipher which one's more important to you if you do the what the who the how and you will be able to make a decision now and then apply your why don't look for the why in it apply the why those five daily practices i have been living by it is the secret sauce that i've utilized to make more money help more people and have more fun to elevate others always available to everyone with my books please grab the five daily practices from me i will send them to you at don't worry i'll pay for everything but send and live by these practices it allows you to make game time decisions you will enjoy and align and understand what who and how in your life will give you the importance the purpose the passion and the profitability when you have and bless you when you have two three four choices that all seem very similar and beneficial but it also works if you don't know what to do and can't find the power in two decisions and are just trying to search and see which is most important to you so that you can put your attention and intention on what's most important to you, creating those coincidences, leveraging the mathematical equation of luck, because what you pay attention to and what you give intention to is the coincidences in your life and is why people will call you lucky. Thank you, Dave. Okay, we've got a question here from Clubhouse. Uh, Coco Lewis, hi Coco, good morning. If you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. Thank you, thank you. David, I was in your master sidewalk class in New York City on Sunday, and it was such an education. I thank you. But I just wanted to ask my question again, because I'm sure everyone here on the stage and in the audience might be able to benefit. And the question is fear. How do you conquer fear? Yeah, well, first you have to identify and define fear. I think a lot of people don't see ego and fear as the same thing. Uh, there are primal fears, Coco, and I, number one, want to thank you as well for everyone that showed up when I do meetups uh, in person in the different cities that I travel to. Uh, doing this in person takes on a whole new level. Uh, it just uh, materializes what we do every Friday here on Clubhouse. But fear, the primal fear, first to understand it, is four things, right? The need to fight, flee, feed, and the other F word, which I like to say my friend Gary Vee says a lot. 
for, for me, those four needs of the ego are important because when we're in primal fear, uh, the natural and biochemical reaction of fear is that our blood, uh, our energy and source leaves our brain, our higher power of thinking and moves to our body. So we can fight, so we can flee, so we can feed, so we can, the other F word, you know, our body needs the juice, not our mind. Well, the problem is, is that we don't identify what's triggering the primal fears that we have. And what we want to do is spend time practicing and learning what triggers, who triggers, and how we're triggered to go into the primal state of fear. And those triggers for me, and I have a long list of them, right? The need to be offended and right and separate and inferior and superior and anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, just to name a few, right? And then I have all these different relatives and friends that I'm not going to name their names, but that trigger me the minute I see that Glenn Lundy, oh my God, no, just kidding. But when we all know that relative, that our stomach starts pinching up on us and we start moving into and trigger those needs of the primal fear and the blood leaves our brain and goes into our body. And guess what? We manifest exactly what we don't want. We start moving in the wrong trajectory. Not only do we move in the wrong trajectory, but fear is a motivator. So we're accelerating in the wrong trajectory. And then we're creating the voids and shortages and obstacles for ourselves because we're celebrating and, and, and accelerating the wrong things in the wrong place. And then we wonder why we end up there. So if we can, number one, practice identifying when the blood leaves our brain and goes to our body so that we can stop. Now, our natural reaction is going to be resistance, fighting, overcoming, overselling, back and selling, going around over, under, and through. Not necessary. What we want to do when you know who, what, and how triggers you, you want to simply stop. Stop and breathe, which is allowing yourself to put the blood back into your brain, into the higher power of thinking, into the thing that gives meaning to everything that you see, the thing that has intellect and logic and allows you to control the emotions to move in the right trajectory. See, when you can identify what triggers, who triggers and how we're triggered, we now can stop the fire. Because when you're triggered, your mind, your body and soul are on fire. And you just got to remember when we're on fire, stop, drop, breathe, and roll in the right trajectory. Create efficiencies, effectiveness, and statistical success in your life by moving towards what you want, angling towards what you want, enabling yourself to identify the pain, the setbacks, the failures, the, the voids in order to propel you to a better place, a better situation, or make your situation better. Allowing yourself to look inside of you for what you want outside of you. When we can do this as a serious practice, part of those five daily practices I have is that ability to start identifying what and who and how triggers the primal innate being of fear, the motivator that will accelerate us in the wrong place, in the wrong direction. Instead, we are going to identify what puts us in, on fire and allows us then to stop, drop, and roll. Thank you so much, Coco. I hope that answered your question. Thank you. Excellent. Amazing. Thank you for your question, Coco. Much appreciated. We are here. I'm just going to quickly reset the room. We are here on the Breakfast with Champions at Friday, 6 a.m. Pacific time, 9 a.m. Eastern time for the BYOQ with David Meltzer. Thank you, everybody, for your incredible questions. We've got about 
29 minutes left uh, before we get into the second half. Please take a quick second, follow the people next to you, follow the people on stage. We're really trying to create an incredible community here where everyone is supporting each other. So uh, we've got David Zapata, who will be asking a question on Clubhouse. But before that, uh, Dave, you've got a question from Instagram Live. And that question is, do you have internships available? And if so, what do you teach the interns that work for you? Yeah, I've been, uh, have a huge intern program for probably over 30 years now. And I teach my interns only four things. Uh, and I know it's disappointing, especially when I was running the sports agency, I'd have all these interns coming from all over the, the world to intern with me. Uh, and we do 90 day internships to teach these four things. And they would look at me going, you're not going to teach me to be a sports agent. Well, what I'm going to teach you will allow you to be whatever you want to be, to allow you to be everything you want to be, allow you to have the ability to be what you must be. And those four things were one, gratitude, which we talked about early, earlier. Two is forgiveness, because what I want to do is shift the paradigm of thinking from, I want to go get rich. I want to go get healthy. I want to go get worthy. I want to go be happy. No, you don't. You already are. And through forgiveness, what we can do is shift the paradigm to understand you already are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? And I'm going to give you these empowered values of gratitude, forgiveness, hold you accountable is the third one to teach you accountability, to give you complete control of the situation, meaning that you have attracted everything into your life and your duty responsibility and activity is simply to find and seek the light, the love and the lessons in it. So no matter what's happening, we're not going to live in liability. We're not going to blame everybody else, live in shame and justify what's going on in our life with no control, only chaos and change around us. We're simply going to take control and know that we have control of our mindset, our heart set and the activities that we get paid for and don't get paid for. And simply by taking accountability through gratitude and forgiveness, we now can learn the lessons faster. You attract everything to yourself. What are you going to learn from it? And if you do so, you will be an effective communicator. And an effective communicator is someone that can clear the interference between them and the greatest source that has ever been created, the greatest source of light, love, and lessons, the source that gives us enough power in our pinky to light up all of Manhattan. When you realize that you should have your entire mission of clearing that interference, so why? So through forgiveness and gratitude and accountability, we can appreciate what we've received and give it away without interference to others. Living in the world of abundance of more than enough of everything to everyone. Having faith that the pain, the setbacks, the failures that we experience are just lessons so that we can propel ourselves to a better place, a better situation or make our situation better. In other words, these four things that I teach during my internship will live and empower you to live and to elevate others to live and empower others to live an inspired life. Not just motivated, right? Motivation, fear can motivate us. It can get us up, get us back up, get us started, get us restarted. But I want everyone to live inspired, in spirit, allowing life to come through you. You see, life longs for itself, allow it to come through you for others. You don't know what you have until you give it away. That's why you don't give to receive. You receive so you can give. And what stops you from receiving is the interference that you have created by the triggers that create the fear. 
And when you realize that there's simple five daily practices with these four values, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication that create inspiration using the what, the who, the how, the now, you are now able to apply the why and live a fulfilled, passionate, purposeful, and profitable life, having everything that you want by giving others what they want. That's the secret sauce of the internships. That's what I teach anybody out there that wants to come and intern with us. I would be happy as long as you're game to learn those four values and the five daily practices. I promise you, no matter what profession, career, industry you want to get involved with, these are the fuels to success. Thank you, David. And as uh, Dave mentioned, if you want an internship, just feel free to email David. It's david at dmeltzer.com, david at dmeltzer.com, or any other way to uh, get in touch with David. We'd love to uh, to follow up about the internship. Okay, we've got incredible questions. Thank you, everybody, for asking on Clubhouse and everywhere that David is live right now. So, Dave, you've got a question here uh, on Clubhouse from David Zapata. David, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. Good morning, everyone. Thank you very much, uh, David. A pleasure. And um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to learn from you every Friday. Uh, David, I'm a new parent. I am moving in the process of moving states. I am introducing some changes to my business to incite growth. Um, so change is a very strong subject in my life right now. And as you can imagine, it brings uh, a lot of excitement. Um, and also brings fear, brings uh, stress, brings uh, a lot of emotions. And I was wondering if you could share a helpful framework on how to think about taking a step back and thinking about priorities, getting a perspective, clarifying vision. Um, I'm sure many of us are going through stage changes in life where, where having a helpful framework will be good for thinking and taking a deep breath and moving forward more effectively. I love it. Well, first of all, the good news for you is the only person who likes change is a wet baby. So at least somebody in your house will appreciate the change uh, that's, that, <laughs> that's going on. Um, look, there is no certainty is where I start with. There is no certainty. I always joke around, but if anybody can tell me exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, please reach out to me, david at dmeltzer.com, because I can make you billions of dollars and I can make myself billions of dollars, which I can give to charity and help impact the world. So if anybody's certain what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, please give me a call. We can uh, make some serious money for everyone. Uh, but there is no certainty. The only certainty is change. And when we realize where do we find certainty is through forgiveness. Uh, what we want to do is practice trying to forgive the unforgivable utilize the core values that we have and the five daily practices to know what, what we do have control of. What do we have control of? The number one thing that you have control of is your mindset. You give meaning to everything you see. So you have the ability to say, oh my God, I'm so excited for these changes or, oh my God, I'm so afraid of these changes. It's horrible. I will tell you, there hasn't been one change in my life that haven't made me better. What do you mean, Dave? Well, that's the meaning I gave it. <laughs> it's true. Because I gave it that meaning. I lost everything, over $100 million. Best thing that ever happened to me. Why? Because I gave it that meaning. I started to look for all the great things that happened after I lost everything. I got healthier. I got wealthier. I got worthier. I got happier. Those are four really important things. And losing everything was a catalyst for that. 
So we have to go ahead and take a step back and say, I have control of my mindset. I have and give meaning to everything you see. I can't find outside of me and all this change what I can't find inside of me. And luckily I have complete control of what is happening inside my mind. And you talked about the insight. That's exactly what we wanna do is have great insight. They don't call it outside. It's insight. Look inside of you for what you want outside of you. The thoughts about your purpose will be your purpose. Your mindset is the most critical things to take nothingness and make it a possibility. Then become inspired to make the possibility a probability. Then use discipline, awareness, and strategy in order to effectuate a materialization of the probability into your mindset, your perspective, your reality. The second thing that you have complete control of is your heart set. Now, this is the hardest one. Right. You're telling me I have control on how I feel. You sure do. Because anytime you feel on fire, just stop, drop and roll. Right. Your feelings, your emotions, your energy, emotion is critical in order to effectuate maximizing the productivity, accessibility and gratitude within the context of the accelerated change that you're going through with all those different variables that are changing in your life right now. But the dependent variables outside of those independent variables are your mindset and your heart set of how you feel about it. And so if you're not feeling good about it, then stop, drop and roll. Put yourself back into the what, the who, the how, the now. Apply the why. Be happy, healthy, worthy, and wealthy. It's so easy when we don't take and look at all the billions of variables outside of us, but instead the univariables, the dependent variables of mindset and heart set to make sure that we're giving the meaning to what activity we get paid for, activity we don't get paid for in our sleep. We're giving the meaning to everything that is outside of us by looking inside and taking control of our mindset and our heart set the way we feel. And then finally, ask for help. When you're going through an accelerated period of change and you look inside of you at your mindset and your heart set, it's time to ask for help. It's time to say to yourself, who is it? Where is it? And how is it that this person is sitting in the situation I want to be in? They've already paid the dummy tax. They got four kids. They went bankrupt. They moved across country or to a different country. They've done this. They've done that. And go to those people and ask for help and say, hey, give me some direction. Because I know the fastest way to get to where I want to be is to find someone that's already there and ask them for directions, utilizing the greatest GPS in the world called faith, radical humility intertwined with faith, faith that I'm going to end up somewhere better, that faith is the ultimate GPS that won't just reroute me when I'm off track. When I have a flat tire, when I end up in the, you know, I always say the donut shop instead of the gym, but it's going to find a better place for me to be. Imagine if our GPS is in our car, not only rerouted us, but told you, hey, no, I got a better restaurant for you. Oh, no, I got a better game to go to. Oh, I got a better place to be. That's what faith will do to you, intertwined with radical humility by finding who can help and who you can help. Utilizing asking for help in the context of the conscious continuum of your values of what, who, how, and now, knowing what's important to you and applying the why to that will resolve and dissolve and disappear all of the things that you're looking outside right now at these changes. And allow your baby to be happy with change and follow suit. You too can be a wet baby and enjoy change by looking inside of yourself, finding the meaning to everything you see, taking control of your mindset, your heart set, 
and the activities you get paid for, you don't get paid for, and your sleep. This is David Meltzer here on Breakfast of Champions. Great questions, everyone. It's BYOQ. You bring the questions, I'll bring the answers. Jakey Bakey's moderating for me as always. The young man wakes up early. I don't know how he does it because when I was 24 years old, I'd still be sleeping or hungover. So uh, thank you, Jake. Special shout out. Shout out. Thank you, David. It's inspiration over motivation. That's what you've taught me. And that's what gets uh, the ball rolling always. So thank you. Some good quotes, great quotes that you just said. One is, the only person that likes change is a web baby. That's amazing. And then, of course, faith, faith is the ultimate GPS. So we are here on the breakfast with champions at the 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific time edition. We've got about 15 minutes left. Everyone, thank you so much for asking your incredible questions. We're taking questions from just about everywhere. So we love it. Keep them coming. And uh, next up, we're going to be uh, asking Tony Moe to unmute, to ask herself to ask a question on Clubhouse. But before that, we've got a question from Noah. And the question is, what is a referral agreement and how can we get one? <laughs> Yeah, I do a lot with the referral agreement. I call it an overlap agreement. And I think more of the flow is disturbed and interfered with because people are afraid to codify help. Uh, if I asked all of you, how many times have you helped somebody and uh, not received what you thought was fair? Meaning, you know, you've made introductions, you've networked people, you put great effort into it, but because you didn't ask, because you didn't codify the ask, you ended up getting nothing. And meanwhile, you made the introduction that created millions, if not billions of dollars. All of us, I mean, for years, because I'm abundant, but there's nothing wrong with codifying the help that you give and taking a little piece of the pie for the activity that you have in the activity that you get paid for. So I created an overlap agreement, a referral agreement in basics that says, look, in my life, if I overlap what I'm doing with what you're doing, and I can create abundance for both of us, uh, will you pay me a percentage, right? In my normal course of business is look, 10% for an introduction, 20 if I close a deal for you. It's that simple. And I've made millions of dollars all over the world by simply asking to codify that. And if people have any resistance, I then just put them down lower on the list of who I want to refer business to, or I just let them know, look, the only reason I want to codify it is because I want to remember all the different deals that I have, number one, to overlap with, and two, I want to remember what I promised. It's not a matter that I don't trust you. It's a matter of I want to remember you and remember what I promised to do. And so I created an overlap agreement where I have hundreds of different overlap arrangements and some, you know, it's amazing. Some come about, you know, in 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, and some in 10 years. For whatever reason, probably because the economy is thriving so much and whatever, I had three different opportunities of seven and eight figures come back to me from nine and 10 years ago, some in which I had to go look up what the agreement was and effectuate it. They came to me and they were so grateful. You know, and some of these people were on the edge of bankruptcy. So have an overlap agreement. I share it with everyone. You can just cut and paste out my logo, put your logo in, change your name onto it. Uh, I'll give you a Word document. So reach out to me, have overlap agreements for everything that you feel that you can do to help other people. Nobody's going to deny the fact that you're entitled or you're you know, part of being and creating opportunities that can quantifiably create revenue. Share in the success.
Amazing. Thank you, David. We've got an, uh, an amazing person here on Clubhouse, Tony Mo, here to ask a question. So, Tony Mo, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the Clubhouse. Thanks, Jake. Um, hi, David. Um, first, David, thank you for being such a kind and compassionate and genuine person. Um, my question for you is to create the life that you have for yourself. Do you feel that you have utilized the law of attraction or the law of vibration more? Nice. Um, <laughs> I think they're interrelated, right? I believe in number one, the law of gravity. Because uh, the law of gravity says I'm happy where I'm at. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time. Uh, incorporated into the law of attraction now is how we figure out the frequency or vibration through the law of Goya, uh, which you know John Asroff taught me, G-O-Y-A, the law of getting off your ass. In other words, vibrating faster, being more interested than interesting elevating your own awareness through vibration and frequency because you can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you so if i have the desire that i must be what i can be if i enjoy the consistent everyday persistent without quit pursuit of my potential my truth because the truth vibrates the fastest remember the ground the earth the minerals they vibrate the slowest then plants then animals then humans then sound and then light Light moves at 186,000 miles per second. But what moves faster than that? The speed of thought. And what thought moves faster than that to raise and elevate the awareness is the truth. That's why I pursue my truth, my potential. And I think intertwined in the law of attraction is that through the context of knowing and being exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time, having the desire that I must be what I can be, elevating my awareness through vibration and frequency, through the law of Goya, I now am utilizing my energetics and genetics, this beacon of my personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions that create a signal, a beacon of frequency, that is which attracts everything into my life. But it doesn't happen without the frequency and vibration, and the vibration and frequency doesn't happen without the foundation of being exactly where you're supposed to be in gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, inspired through effective communication, utilizing the greatest source of power, light and love and lessons, focusing in on clearing the interference that the ego and these triggers have created for me to stop the source that doesn't allow me to appreciate it and give it away. And so if we can find how the reconciliation of frequency and attraction work together through the laws of gravity, through the laws of Goya, then the law of attraction is utilized. It's more of a beacon to me that is fueled by the frequency and vibration that we create through those other laws. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, so much sense. So I'm going to do one better. Um, go, Ma. Get off my... <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, David. I appreciate you. Go, Ma. We need Mo of you. So that's awesome. That's amazing. Go, Ma. I, I always say, too, you know, turn your foes to Joe's. Right. Fear of missing out, the fear of other people's opinion. Make it joy, joy of missing out, the joy of other people's opinion. I like Joe Ma, right? Joy of getting off uh, of, of getting off our ass, uh, Joga, whatever we want to call them. But make it the Joes, not the foes that run your life. What a beautiful question. Thank you so much. All right, Bakester, we got about nine minutes. Reset the room for a couple more questions. Let's do it. Uh, and definitely go Ma. 
Mo Tony Mo, that's for sure. Thank you, Tony Mo. That was amazing. Okay, uh, resetting the room. As Dave mentioned, we've got nine minutes here on the Breakfast with Champions, the Breakfast Buffet with Champions, as we learned last week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining. This is the BYOQ edition. It's amazing having everybody here. Hope everyone's having an amazing week. Um, feel free at the bottom there to uh, invite anyone who you'd like. We still got eight, eight or nine minutes or so. And then feel free to follow everybody on stage and the people next to you. We're really trying to create an amazing community here. So we've got uh, questions coming in from everywhere. And I think now we'll go back to back on Clubhouse. So Tracy Oriomi, if you can please unmute yourself and welcome to the room. Thank you so much, Jake. Good morning, Breakfast with Champions. Hi, David. Thank you so much for this Q&A session. Uh, this is awesome. David, um, you mentioned um, that the biggest mistake people make in business is not knowing their mission statement and not knowing the values behind it. Um, what are some things to consider uh, when crafting an effective mission statement? There's five things that I consider um, is one credibility. Uh, so the credibility falls within your truth, the authentic self of who you are uh, at that time. So we want to, in a mission statement, we want to talk about, you know, what's actually true. And that's how I came up with, you know, my business mission statement to make a lot of money, to help a lot of people, to have a lot of fun. When I first started, it wasn't very credible. It was overselling, back and selling, manipulating, uh, you know, and it was like, you know, to coalesce the vapors of human existence in order to leverage billions of dollars of relationship capital to, you know, look, be credible. Two, you've got to have a mission statement that emotionally connects with people, that allows people to either say, man, I'm all in, or that's not for me. It can't be a middle of the road mission, right? Where nobody cares. So you need to be credible, have an emotional attachment, and then somehow articulate quantitative values. Either articulate the reasons, articulate the impact, or you can articulate even quantitative value created by capability, skills, knowledge, and desire. When you look through those five things, credibility, emotional attachment, reasons, impacts, and capabilities in a quantifiable nature, not the Barney, the purple dinosaur subjective value, you know, I see a lot of mission statements that aren't movement oriented or purpose oriented. It's, I love you. You love me. Nobody makes any money. No, no, don't make it huggy wuggy. Let's get down to business, brax tax of quantitative value through credibility, through emotional attachment, quantifying reasons, impacts, or capabilities, and or each. And you will have a great mission statement that creates a movement and allows people to like or dislike what you're doing and join you in either direction to allow you to elevate the power and awareness and allows you to create that vibration that we were talking about, the Goma, the Goya, and all of the things that allow you to expand, grow, and accelerate with that mission in mind. Does that sound fair? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Thank you so uh, much. Oh, uh, thank you for yes, thank you for joining. Absolutely, because I'm a financial educator and I educate women about money and how money works. And you know, eighty percent of women are broke within two years of retirement, and seventy five percent of women have to get some type of social benefit after a divorce. And there are just so many statistics out there about women and money. Um, and that's part of my mission is that I want women to be financially secure and, and to own their financial impact. So I'm working on my mission statement. So 
um, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Awesome. And reach out to me. I'm on, you know, Marshall Falk and I do about once a month. Uh, but we're on the same mission in financial literacy education and would love to partner with you. So reach out to me. We'd love to learn more and how we could assist in, you know, such a critical and crucial thing. It used to be, you know, 75% of all athletes went bankrupt for two and a half years. Uh, much bigger pool is women. So we want to make sure we're empowering them with the equipped education and in, in, intelligence and academic reasons impacts to uh, create that financial literacy and to elevate, uh, you know, more, more of everyone. So please reach out. I love Marshall and I would love for you to, to partner with us. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless you. Thank you. All right, Jake, we're coming into the close. Coming into the close. Thank you, Tracy. It's always a blessing having you on. You're amazing. Okay, Dave, we've got a question from online from Tristan. The question is, how important are emotions in marketing and what emotions are the strongest? Well, Maya Angelou said it best, right? People don't remember what you say. They know how they felt. And that's more true in marketing than anywhere else. People buy on emotions for logical reasons. So emotions are critical. That's energy and emotions. We want to evoke, like I said earlier, someone saying, man, I love that fried Snickers bar or I hate it. We don't just want them walking by and not noticing it. And so understanding emotion and how we get that emotional uh, uh, emotional tie in marketing is simply through raising awareness of understanding what people do today and then understanding what they like and don't like about it that will move them emotionally to remind them how they felt. So how do we feel things? Well, initially we feel things through our senses. So we have to have the right eye appeal, nose appeal, ear appeal, mouth appeal, and touch appeal. If we can have all five, it's extraordinary. But even if we're just utilizing one of the senses, the capability of inputting information into our subconscious and our unconscious, which will then contribute to the way that we feel, escalating and elevating our chances or statistical success of making a sale or creating a community or a movement within the context of what we want, an idea, a possibility to probability to make it our reality. Emotion is what does it, the energy in motion. And so we have to figure out how do we appeal to what people like and don't like with the five senses in mind in order to effectuate. And one of the things that does it, believe it or not, because of the size, scope and scale of the audience, is consistency. People overlook consistency. They don't work with an aggregation and compound interest of the senses. They think that I can just put out the best tasting thing one time and you'll be hooked. No, it needs to be consistent. This is the way the five senses input data because the five senses are inaccurate and stupid and it takes a lot of learning and repetition in order for it to feed the subconscious to create a neural pathway so that it remains in the 40,000 of the same thoughts we have every day about your cookie or about your car or about your windshield wiper or about your SaaS solution. And then it is then utilized and recorded in practice so that it actually goes into the, please mute yourself, everyone, uh, it goes into the unconscious competencies becomes part of your characteristics, obsessions, addictions. And that's how we market to people through the senses of what they like and they don't like in a consistent way. 
All right, it's time to close this out. We like to stay on time. This has been BYOQ. You bring the questions, I'll bring the answers. Uh, we have utilized the multi-platform of the Breakfast of Champions with my twin voice, stunt double, Glenn Lundy, who I live in gratitude uh, for you and what you're doing. Talk about executing on the idea of empowering others to empower others to be happy. Uh, what a great mentee I have in Glenn Lundy. If I'm looking for a thousand, he's leading the charge of my thousand people that I'm looking for like you to empower a thousand people, to empower a thousand people simply to be happy, which in my opinion is to make a lot of money, create abundance, to help a lot of people to live in the flow and to have fun, to be happy. You are happy, you are healthy, you are wealthy, you are worthy. Let me help you figure out what you're doing to interfere with what you already are. Thank you everyone so much. Thank you everyone for coming aboard and asking such great questions. Thank you, Jake, for moderating. You are the best of the best and waking up early. I appreciate everyone here on the Breakfast of Champions.